Welcome to the Growth Cap Podcast, where we chat with CEOs, investors, and other key industry leaders to uncover insights and strategies for accelerating growth and succeeding in business. I'm your host, RJ Lumba. In this episode, we chat with Mario Schlosser, CEO and co-founder of Oscar Health. Mario is no stranger to the challenges that many people encounter when dealing with insurance companies. When Mario's wife was pregnant with their first child, he became overwhelmed by the costly and complicated healthcare system and was frustrated when he found that their health insurance company was unable to help them navigate it. That's when Mario, along with co-founders Josh Kushner and Kevin Nazemi, decided to start Oscar, a different kind of health insurance company. Oscar is an innovative company offering individuals and family plans, business plans, and Medicare Advantage plans. What sets Oscar apart is its unique customer-focused model that emphasizes member satisfaction and engagement. Their goal is to delight their customers and provide world-class service, an objective that has gained them more than 420,000 members across 29 cities and an annual growth rate of about 70%. Mario shares with us Oscar's secrets for engaging its customers and providing end-to-end healthcare support, features which have become rare in the health insurance industry. Mario also speaks on Oscar's rapid and effective response to the COVID-19 pandemic, including being the first company to provide a nationwide database of COVID testing locations. Mario's insights illuminate the complexities of providing quality insurance in a changing market and demonstrate how Oscar was able to earn its reputation for having the best customer satisfaction in the individual healthcare market. We hope you enjoy the show. So Mario, thank you so much for taking the time. Very excited to chat with you, particularly in light of what's happening in the healthcare universe, you know, with a tie into to health insurance. So maybe to kick off, if you could share with us a bit about yourself as well as as well as Oscar. Absolutely. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the program. Yeah, I'm Mario, the co-founder and CEO of Oscar. And Oscar has been around since 2012. Um, my background is computer science originally. And I was going with my wife to pregnancy, our first pregnancy back in 2012. And um, noticing that the healthcare system is both too complicated and too costly. And often both of these things at the same time, we couldn't really figure out what the pregnancy would cost us and who would be a good physician to be with in New York City and all those kind of questions you have when that happens to you for the first time. And I thought that the insurance company was particularly useless uh, in helping with these questions, even though it had lots of data, presumably on members, providers in the network and, you know, the healthcare system at large and things like that. And so we started Oscar as a insurance company that intends to and does engage members much earlier on in a much more engaging fashion than any other insurance company out there and then translates that member engagement into better member experience and into lower cost outcomes. And that's kind of been the guiding principle since the very beginning. We now have 420,000 members in 29 cities across the United States. Those members are primarily individual members, meaning they buy Oscar in the Affordable Care Act market, um, which has been around since 2014. And it's sort of like a broad spectrum of folks, freelance designers to dog walkers, to restaurant workers, to um, service workers of all kinds and all stripes. 
We have about 18,000 members in small employer plans. Those are employers under 100 employees. And we have about 2,000 members now in Medicare Advantage plans. Those are plans for members over 65 years old. And have been growing about 70% on an annual basis for the past two years. So uh, quite a nice uh, directory there. And are proud of the fact that we have, I believe, the highest net promoter score of really and the best member satisfaction of any insurance company in this individual health insurance markets and so and have some of the highest member engagement in that market as well. And it's been a fantastic, uh, I think, experience to build an insurance company and a health insurance company to begin with in an era when healthcare is changing quite a bit. And, and certainly it's now been, I think, even more important to have an engaging insurance company and being able to deploy new ideas and features and so on very quickly as we navigate the pandemic and I help the members through that. Well, yeah, th- this is such a complicated area. The whole topic of insurance, you know, you started out by identifying a, a problem that you had, which extrapolates to probably everyone else in, you know, in the U.S. market seeking health insurance or seeking care. So this is a tough nut to crack. How have you managed to do it? And for those in our audience, Oscar, you've raised, I think now, $1.5 billion and from some of the most yep. you know, well-known investors, large institutional investors. So, and, and obviously, you've had tremendous traction through the years you know, in, in terms of increasing membership. So what do you think has been the key to being able to grow in the way you have? So U.S. healthcare is a insanely big market, first of all. You know, so you never have to worry about the TAM, <laughs> the total addressable market size and mm-hmm. investor pitches. I think that's uh, sort of one starting point there. It's also a market with insane modes around it. In particular, in the insurance side of it, we in New York in 2013, when we first became licensed as a full-stack health insurer, were the first health insurer to get licensed of any kind, um, of any type, in 25 years or so in that state. So insurance companies don't get founded all that often. It certainly had never happened to the regulators when we first pitched Oscar to them before the licensing process started. That an insurance company would come with sort of like a product demo, you know, into a license pitch, which is what we did. You know, we came with a with an animation of what the mobile app of Oscar would look like. Um, actually, at the time, it was the website still. <laughs> and so... So in other words, when you get over that mode and you're able to establish yourself in the healthcare system, I think in particular as the insurance company, you see that there is just a lot of inefficiencies in in that system that as the insurance company in particular, given that you can kind of steer dollars on how they flow throughout the healthcare system, you can really try to tackle and you can really build a business around if you tackle them in a good way. So for example... Insurance companies, if you look at when members look for new physicians, insurance companies maybe in about 5 or 10% of all those cases when somebody looks for a new physician are the place where members find that new physician. So it doesn't usually occur to you as an insured member to pop open the insurance company mobile app if you're looking for a new dermatologist, for example. But if insurance companies were that trusted source of referrals on the physician side, that would actually let them then build different physician networks and get members a better experience in finding new doctors and get members to more cost-efficient doctors and those with better outcomes more reliably. And so those are the kind of opportunities we have focused on at Oscar. That percentage of first-time physician visits of any member at Oscar, that those members find through us, where they find the doctor through us, in our case, is about 45% compared to, again, kind of 5 
maybe 10% of the rest of the industry. Our telemedicine utilization is, you know, about five times higher on a per capita basis as compared to any other insurance company in the U.S. because we made telemedicine free since the very beginning of Oscar. We delivered with our own physicians in our own medical group um, on our own platform. It's a better part of the product experience and things like that. So in other words, once you are able to establish yourself beyond that mode, inside of that mode that this unbelievably uber-complex U.S. healthcare system puts around itself, you can really tackle these inefficiencies and, um, and build a company, uh, build both a service that's a good business as well as a company that's uh, the light members in a different kind of way in a way that they're not used to from other insurance companies. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, kind of key there. And so it, it sounds like you've been really able to transform the way any individual goes about the whole process of, of seeking care, meaning what once was very complicated to figure out how to get to the best doctor and how to work with an insurance provider that's not charging overly you know, aggressive rates and it's going to provide good service, you kind of help solve this multi-layered problem. And so you're the kind of go-to provider, similar to how everyone these days seems to be going straight to Amazon to make a purchase because they know they'll get it quickly. They'll know they'll see all the reviews across you know, all the various products for a particular item. And so it's really taking you know, what has traditionally been a very cumbersome process to navigate and just simplifying it through your mobile app. I'm sure I'm missing some, some stuff there, but I'm just trying to paint the picture of, of how you've been able to disrupt so effectively. I think that's right. If you think about the way the U.S. healthcare system works, um, there are two key differences, I would say, between us and other players in that system. First of all, us versus the incumbent insurance companies, most U.S. health insurers are not actually in the business of having to give you as an individual a good experience because you can't quit your insurance company. It's quite simple. You know, your employer gives you generally health insurance, which means you got to quit your employer to quit your insurance company. From a business point of view, insurers don't have to really, frankly, care all that much about the member from an experiential point of view. You know, their business is not measured in member retention. Their business is measured in sort of like employer or whatever retention, which is just a very different business. So that's one reason why... We, being in the individual market, signing up individuals, have from the beginning had a very different DNA and being built really around, can we delight members and make them happy and get them good service? That's one difference. Um, the other difference is that, you know, unlike digital health players in the U.S. healthcare system, we get paid on a monthly basis for all of somebody's healthcare. And we then have to make sure that you get the healthcare you need for that premium that members pay us for that insurance premium which means we are incentivized to make sure that we show you a better and sometimes perhaps cheaper drug. We are incentivized to get you to a better doctor. We are incentivized to make sure that you actually go and get your preventive visit done because it will lead to lower costs down the line. We can do all these things that are generally in scope of you experiencing end-to-end the healthcare system in a way that other players who are not the insurance company just couldn't because they sort of like can just deal with one little sliver of the overall spectrum of your healthcare. And that gives us a huge incentive and a much better ability to really build towards a better end-to-end, more seamless healthcare experience for you as a member. And so if you want to refill one of your drugs, it's like a four-click process or whatever in the mobile app, um, no matter where you got the prescription from originally. If you want to book an appointment with a doctor, it's a couple of clicks in the app. If you are in an emergency room, 
we would know that in real time. And um, one of our concierge team guides, you have sort of like a six-person concierge team covering you as a member. They would right away message you, call you, because they see you in the ER and they want to help you with that. Those are all things we can do because of the insurance company and uniquely built around instant member experiences. And now it seems like, you know, you've established this very good reputation in the market, which has enabled you to expand into other lines of insurance. And I think I just read you're you're starting to offer, you know, individual insurance across 18 or 19 markets. But could you share with us a little bit about the progression of kind of the offerings over the years? We are now, as I mentioned briefly at the beginning, three different health insurance business lines. One is the individual markets, that's the ACA or Affordable Care Act markets or Obamacare markets. <laughs> so if you don't get insurance from your employer or if you're self-employed or whatever, that's when you buy in that market. So about 12 million people in that market across the U.S. And we are in the small employer markets. That is where we sell insurance to employers under 100 employees generally in the Medicare Advantage markets that's folks over 65. And so in all of these three markets, we have grown quite a bit in the past couple of years, um, 70% CAGR for the past two years. And we do that by both expanding into new geographies every year and by obviously getting more market share in existing geographies. And so, for example, for next year, as we just announced a week ago, we will go from now about 29 markets in the individual markets that we're in this year into 16 more markets, we're in 45 markets for 2021. We're adding another Medicare Advantage plan. We're adding a couple more markets, four states in total um, in the small employer market as well. And so that's kind of all on the geographic expansion side. On the taking more market share side, what's happened is that I'd say two different things in parallel. One is our member satisfaction and our general kind of reputation with, you know, let's say the brokers in the market and so on is such that people want to buy Oscar. And so we grow organically in any given market we're already in and for word of mouth almost. And we also are able to price competitively because we can make sure that this member engagement we have translates into lower price plans. Um, and it's given some of the cost savings we have back to you as a member. Um, and so both of these enable us to keep growing in the markets we're in. And, you know, given the current environment now with COVID-19 and, and how you know, healthcare is front and center for any anyone who ends up, you know, having to use healthcare. How has that impacted your business? You know, presumably there's a lot more telemedicine or telehealth happening. You know, how has that played into Oscar's operations? What served us well there is the fact that we have this high member engagement and had that and have still like built this diligently over the years. And the fact that we've been building Oscar on our own technology stack for the past eight years. And so we, can, we control end-to-end what Oscar is and how it works and things like that. And that's not at all actually how most insurers and how most healthcare players operate. A lot of health insurance, a lot of healthcare is, being out, is outsourced to third parties where they even have trouble building an end-to-end experience in a good way. And what that enabled us to do is when the pandemic started, we were the first insurance company to have a, you know, very quickly within like a day or two or so, have kind of like a chatbot flow the mobile app and the websites where you could quickly check your symptoms and where this thing would advise you on what to do next. And we then also were the first insurer to have a nationwide directory of COVID testing locations. And that data we can collect very quickly through our existing processes of building physician hospital networks. And we can then quickly map that data into, again, workflows we have internally to make sure we verify that data. We 
get you to the right location to get tested and things like that. So getting members these tech solutions that help them in the moments where their healthcare has been tremendously powerful. The member engagements helped us in so far as that I think, you know, by the time June, July came around, we had probably communicated with every member of Oscar, you know, four or five times or so on something, whether it's about making sure you get the right subsidy from the government for your health plan, in particular if your job set has changed, to refilling your maintenance drug um, if you're not on a mail order and you've got to leave your house and maybe you can't to refill that prescription, to exactly as you mentioned, what telemedicine, these are all things we could push out to the members and engage them on. And um, we needed that infrastructure we built and we needed that member trust that we had built to make sure we do that well. And, and that's worked out quite, uh, I think, well. You know, chatted now for, for some time, like, you know, I just keep thinking about how you had that one experience early on when you, you decided to found the company. What was it that made you think that you could tackle such a, a huge, complicated business problem? I mean, did you have experience in this domain or you obviously had confidence that you could solve this problem? So we'd be curious to hear your, your thought process at that point in time early on in, in the company's founding. Yeah, I would say and it's a couple of different things together. One is it certainly helps to have a personal motivation. I mean, having gone through that, the pregnancy at the time and seen how the healthcare system acted, what it did well and what it didn't do well, that always really helps to then motivate you and give you the final push of saying, you know, I want to tackle this, I want to do something about the inefficiencies in the system here. So that was one element of it. I'd say the other element was the fact that we realized actually a couple of months into thinking about this, that this Affordable Care Act was going to come out and that for the first time there would be this individual market of a couple million people that would get started from the ground up in where we would have more of a level playing field versus the incumbents. That was really uh, an important catalyst in the story because then we realized the story I told you earlier, insurance companies did not really have, have an economic reason, their business model, to build a great member experience. It's not what they get paid for. And it suddenly sort of like seems to me that from a pure economic point of view and an incentive point of view, there is a new door opening here in a way that hadn't been the case before. I was at a hedge fund called Bridgewater Associates for a couple of years in my career. Um, it's not the biggest global macro hedge funds. We really try. I was in that kind of core team of 25 people who so were thinking about how do you trade the global economy. Um, and what we always learned there uh, was that there are some very fundamental incentives and how that drive how companies act and how even individuals think and how economies work and so on. And if you can line up those incentives and you can realize that there is a gap in there where incentives have sort of like steered companies away from building a certain solution. And now suddenly these incentives are changing and there is a reason to build a new solution. That is a very, very powerful catalyst for getting something new to the market successfully. Um, and so I think that timing of the ACA coming out and us being there at that time certainly was important. And I'd say the final point um, I would make is that no matter in those early days where we looked, where I looked at a data scientist, and my computer science background, um, I'm a original computer scientist, made me sort of like want to tackle healthcare first and foremost from a data point of view. And no matter where we looked in those early days, we saw insane inefficiencies that you just don't see in well-functioning markets. One example was 
we got a bunch of anonymized claims from one of our early network partners. And so we went to a company that had doctors and, and hospitals and a network, and we were able to rent that network and then got a bunch of data as to how people are utilizing those doctors. And when you plotted those doctors um, in a scatter plot uh, on a metric of costs versus a metric of quality, you would generally believe if you do this in any consumer market, there's some kind of correlation there. Right? The, the, the higher the cost goes for a product, the better the product gets, maybe the faster the car the longer the vacation, whatever, you know, that just wasn't the case at all in healthcare. It was like a totally random cloud of, of dots that kind of was caterpillars, meaning um, you'd have an equal chance when you go to an expensive doctor of that doctor being not good or that doctor being good. Same with going to a less expensive doctor. And you just saw opportunities all over the place in using data, in getting people to the right place at the right time. And um, that's not normal. That's not how um, a big part of the, of the economy should work. That is how healthcare works. And we thought, could we become the insurance company? We could tackle all these things. And fortunately, we were able to do that. We can now tackle all these things. Mm -hmm. and, and what has been the most challenging part to the business? Were there certain things you faced along the way that really posed a distinct, thought-provoking uh, moment in, in the company's history? I would say, I mean, on the, on the business model side, you know, almost uncountable. <laughs> How many, um, anything from having to negotiate with a big hospital system for the first time as a tiny insurance company, get a good competitive rate there to, you know, realizing how constraining existing claims and billing systems are in this system and have, realizing we have to build this ourselves, you know, five years ago. These are all difficult on the, on the business side. I would say the biggest challenge has always been to build the right kind of organization. And to have the right mix between people who know the insurance world, who come from the healthcare world, and have been insiders in that world, and on the other hand, getting people in who are outsiders, who are computer scientists, data scientists, social workers, um, designers, folks who otherwise wouldn't be in health insurance. We got a, a whole bunch of different people from different town backgrounds into health insurance that otherwise would have never gone to work for a health insurance company and otherwise and wouldn't go to work for any one of our competitors or any incumbents that we face. And to get that mix right and get those different folks to work together, veterans from healthcare, veterans from Oscar, veterans from other industries, that's always been the biggest challenge. And I think we've navigated that well, otherwise we wouldn't be here anymore. But if I look at the next five years, it's going to be the same thing again. Can we get the right people in who know from inside of healthcare how to reinvent it, but are not too tied down to the sort of like old healthcare ways? But can we also get people in who come at this for the first time with fresh eyes, but who can get taught to know what they're doing from a regulatory point of view, compliance point of view, you know, member-facing point of view, clinical point of view, and so on. And that's going to be the biggest challenge going forward as well. Got it. And, um, you know, as we, I think we're heading up on uh, the time here, but, you know, maybe to close out, would be great to hear about who you, you know, think about in terms of top leaders in business, either today or, or historically, that you you really admire and and you know maybe maybe it's not a, a business leader it could be anyone in you know in any domain is there someone you look to who provides kind of a, a great leadership example as you kind of navigate you know growing Oscar yeah um, I'm going to use a very unconventional choice here um, again named Arthur Fischer <laughs> he's a German inventor and he I think had something like five thousand patents among other things he invented that thing that goes in the wall that you then like put a screw into, you know, the plastic thing, you make a hole, you put the plastic thing, and then you put the screw in there. 
It's called a bubel in German. I don't even know what the English word is, to be honest, but I'm sure you have a bunch of those in your house. He's the guy who invented this thing. Um, the reason why I admire the guy is because um, I grew up with toys he also made. Um, it's a thing called Fischer Technik. I've never seen it outside of Germany. It's a German engineering toy, basically. I have it for my kids now as well. They grew up with it. And the sort of like the mix of invention and playfulness and sort of like solid German spirits of just kind of getting the work done <laughs> and doing the work well, I, I've always admired him. And, and um, nobody knows him, but uh, at least not outside of Germany, but um, that's the, those are all the qualities I admire. That's an interesting choice. It seems like he's the, uh, maybe for, you know, those more state-centric, the, the Edison of Germany, but, or maybe it's the reverse, you know, Edison is, 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 uh, yeah. you know, but that's fantastic. Really appreciate you taking the time here. It's been a tremendous uh, watching, you know, over the years, how Oscar has, has really grown and become the insurance company to look at or, or to watch out for in the years ahead. So very much uh, appreciate you, you taking the time, Mario. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on the program.